This is the Texas Standard. Well, I guess it's official. There's a new trade deal linking the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, hence the new name for what used to be called NAFTA. Now it's USMCA, as you may have heard. The United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, though NAFTA 2.0 is what many folks are calling it. Leaders from all three countries, President Trump, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau, and soon-to-be former Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto. His replacement is inaugurated tomorrow, by the way. All three formally signed the newly revised pact on the sidelines of the G20 summit underway in Buenos Aires, marking the end of 15 months of renegotiations. But make no mistake, while this may look like a done deal, the battle is far from over because for the U.S. to formally adopt the deal, it'll take more than presidential signatures. It's up to the U.S. Congress to ratify the plan, too, and plenty of reasons to think Mr. Trump may be incorrect in his assessment at the signing ceremony that it'll sail through Capitol Hill. Just ask Megan Casella. She's trade reporter for Politico Pro. Megan, thanks so much for being here on the Texas Standard. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What exactly are the three countries agreeing to here with these signatures? What they're agreeing to is to this new deal that they spent the 15 months negotiating. So large parts of it are the same as the old one, but there are also pretty significant policy changes, um, stricter rules governing the production of automobiles that are sold in North America, tightened standards as to how much of those materials have to be sourced from within North America, how much have to be produced by workers or nearly $16 an hour. Um, there's changes throughout the agreement. And so the, the three leaders signed that, but as you noted, their respective legislatures still have to ratify it. So while Canada and Mexico might run into a few difficulties, the big show is going to be in the United States and seeing whether um, likely next year's Congress is going to be the one tasked with that and whether they'll uh, vote to approve it. Just as a procedural matter, what is it need for formal adoption by the U.S.? It needs just a simple majority in both chambers of Congress. Um, but especially in the House of Representatives, which next year will be controlled by Democrats, it could be kind of hard for um, the administration to get to the 218 votes that it needs in support. Yeah, I was just reading on Politico today that there are some Democrats already opposing some of the, what, labor and environmental provisions in the pact? Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's opposition from both chambers and both sides of the aisle huh. already. So Democrats are pretty unified and what they're calling for is stronger labor and environmental standards. And the Trump administration says, you know, we did this. We kept in touch with Democrats throughout the entire negotiation process. They knew what we were pushing for and they should be happy. But Democrats are saying, no, you know, you didn't go far enough. And What's in there, the language itself doesn't go far enough, and the language isn't enforceable. And we're worried that Mexico in particular is just going to ignore everything that's in there, and they won't um, actually abide by these new standards. As I understand it, Massachusetts Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren was one of, one of many voices on the left saying that this deal as written won't prevent outsourcing or raise wages, right? Yes. Yeah. She's maybe the most prominent uh, Democrat to come out so early with her opposition and, you know, very staunch opposition saying I'm a no in its current form. OK, so let's get to those Republicans. What's their beef? Uh, what they're saying is some free trade oriented Republicans are saying this actually runs counter to traditional free trade orthodoxy that Republicans have always espoused and saying this actually limits our trading opportunities rather than promotes them. And, you know, there's there's some other there's some conservatives in the House of Representatives who are also concerned about some protections for LGBT workers in the deal. And they're saying, you know, this is no place to uh, create new social policies in a trade agreement. And so they want to see those removed before they'll consider voting. for the Oh, deal. boy. Wow. Well, um, so and of course, it it's hardly sounds like, especially with Democrats set to take control of the U.S. House uh, at the start of the new year, 
it's hard to imagine that there's going to be a vote between now and the uh, last day of December. So I suppose I, I have to ask you, what happens if Congress balks here, if they won't sign on to the USMCA as it's written? They will uh, push it into next year, almost certainly. Um, and then they do have a few opportunities to try to leave their mark on it. They're not allowed under uh, procedure to make amendments to this particular deal, but they can. Uh, they will be creating what's called the implementing bill to uh, actually enact it in U.S. law, and they can make some changes there. And so they can say, through this bill, we need you to tighten the labor standards. We need you to uh, maybe adjust these LGBT protections, whatever they want to see. And that could be enough to uh, get enough lawmakers to get at least half of um, each chamber to sign on, maybe sometime next year. But they could postpone it, I mean, in perpetuity forever. Um, in perpetuity. Until changes are seen. You know, that's the most pessimistic view. I guess the average prediction is probably that it gets done sometime next year after a bit of a fight in Congress. Megan Casella is certain to be following this. She's trade reporter for Politico Pro, and she's been speaking with us from Washington, D.C. Megan, thanks so much for taking a few minutes out to talk with us on the Texas Standard. Great to, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here.